Hi, welcome back. This is Christina Barcy, your host, and I am here with singer-songwriter Kyle East. Thank you so much for coming back on the show. It is never a bother. I could talk to you for hours and I absolutely, yeah, it's really no problem. <laughs> it's really not a bother. <laughs> so I brought you back on for a few reasons. I We did re-release your episode this last Tuesday, which is called An Artist's Journey with an Eating Disorder, because I think it's a really important conversation and you share your journey so graciously. So thank you for that. I also feel like the holidays and during the wintertime, can be very revealing when we are struggling and uh, the challenges that come with a recovery process are even more challenging during t- uh, this time. And there's this extra layer of what this year had to bring for us with quarantine and isolation, more anxiety and stress and, and just everything that this year brought as, as, as a challenge. And, and during this time, it's just extra, extra fun. So I wanted to bring you back on just to touch on how the process can look different at at different times and to discuss why it really isn't very linear that if if this is how it's looking to you, the listener, if you're feeling this way, that you're normal, that that process being nonlinear is normal and that you're not alone and what you're, you are experiencing is not an easy thing. So Kyle, can you just tell us a little more about what a nonlinear process of recovery might look like and to touch on things like cross addiction and relapsing and other common parts of a recovery journey. Well, first of all, thank you for this platform to kind of, to just open this discussion up because I feel right now to your point, because of the isolation and because there are so many things kind of in this pressure cooker coming down on us as human beings, that those of us that do deal with, uh, either addictive behavior or an addiction to a substance, it is even more of a challenge kind of layering on these things. Because in a in recovery, there's a lot of community to it. There's there's a lot of being with people. There's a lot of reaching out, not being alone. And something about that physical energy that you do get with people that can be very healing and can kind of take yourself um, out of your own mind for a second to view the world with maybe a different set of eyes. So, and I think that that m- may get stunted for a number of people, especially right now when we have so much control of what we see and there's only a certain amount. There's there's only really the box that that we kind of have right now in the community. So I think that when we make the conscious effort to that our addiction or that our behavior is no longer serving us. And so we kind of jump into recovery and not knowing the great unknown of of what it's going to look like. And I think an easy way that our brains try to process is, okay, I'll do one step at a time. I'll go from step one and then I'll move on to step two and step three and I'll just keep walking forward and then I'll get to the end. And it makes a lot of sense that many people think like that because it's, it is it is a way that our brains can kind of wrap on to the idea of that we're going to do certain things that is going to b- change this behavior over time. But the, the scariest fact, at least for me, was that journey looks very jagged. And because as you kind of unearth these things, unearth these really important questions about what got you there, about what what got you to really dive into these 
either addictive behaviors or substance abuse, then there's a lot of things underneath that. It's almost just like the tip of the iceberg compared to, you know, the great underneath that, that we start really unearthing. And when we start doing that, each, each little thing that we find that takes its own, that takes its own journey. It takes its own set of steps and it takes its own working through. Mm -hmm. And as we kind of work through one thing, we maybe hit a nerve to something else, or we hit a problem that we haven't seen along this kind of line on self-discovery. And so then we, then it becomes this web of thoughts, beliefs, behaviors, coping mechanisms, how we experience trauma, what kind of trauma we experienced, how we view the world. And so that can start to get very, very confusing, at least to myself. Very, it's very confusing. And you always think, okay, I'll just, I'll deal with this one thing and that'll be it. And it's just, it's just not the case for, for myself. I can't speak to anybody else's recovery journey because everybody's looks so, so different. And I think that's the really important thing that all of us have to focus on is no recovery journey looks the same. Something that works for somebody is not going to work for somebody else. And somebody who is able to move through through one of their own traumatic experience, another person may need more time or may need to process something before they're ready to deal with that. It's the the steps of recovery is it really does take a, a a breath of time to understand, let alone change the behavior. So I think that for addicts, we very much want to get recovery over with. We want to get in there, like, give me all of it. Give me all of the recovery. Give me all of the pain. Give me everything. I just like, and I, I will like, and I'll deal with it. And let's get this process over with, especially people with just overactive brains, ADD. And when that happens, we get so results-based oriented. It's the results that that really mm. that that make the difference. And there's we get so bogged down on these on these milestones or these. This is not going to bother me anymore. But the but the fact is that things that that I've processed through and that I, I continuously come up against, they, they cycle back. And that, that cycling is something that I've come to learn is ex- incredibly normal. Every time it cycles back, it does get a little bit easier. Uh, it gets a little bit easier to deal with. It gets a little bit easier to manage. But that kind of cycle like still kind of circles back. Yeah. Can you talk about what it is that makes it get easier? Because I'm hearing, so you were mm-hmm. talking about basically what I'm hearing you say is a, it's a healing journey and any healing journey really does have a lot of pit stops and avenues. And we start to connect the dots as we move through it and see you know, what other parts of our lives get revealed. That is an unfolding that will continue throughout the entire process, which for as long as it, that we're engaged with it, and you're right, the journey will look really different for everyone. But the fact that th- those are parts of the journey, I think is the same for everyone. Yeah. That you will come across all of that. That said, what makes it easier as you go forward? You're saying it when we relapse or when we kind of revisit these things along the journey, they're, they're the same, but different. 
So what makes them better, easier? You know, I, I can only speak for myself, but I think actually sitting in the emotions or sitting in the place or just sitting with yourself is one of the hardest things that I've had to do is just the acceptance of me. This is who I am, you know, in all the ugliness and all the shame and all these things that, that I really feel and constantly going back to challenge those thoughts that, that are very painful and, and going through the process again of just recognizing this is how I feel. This is, this is just a thought. It's neutral. It's neither good nor bad nor anything. And just the acceptance of that. Okay. I think this, I think this it's, and, and really allowing that to be present and to know that for myself that I can, I can just sit with that. And then it's a little bit of investigating what, what kind of caused this this thought to come across what's kind of going on outside of myself what's going on internally and then it and then it's about nurturing bringing almost that that compassion and that love to ourselves that we give to others fairly easily a lot of us but giving that to ourselves is incredibly difficult so i think that by constantly going and doing that process and knowing that you can get from from feeling these big big emotions and try and and going right to I either want to use or I want to do some behavior that's self-harming or I want to in any way distract myself and then recognizing this is what I'm doing because I don't want to feel this or I don't think I can handle this and then moving through that process where it comes to the nurturing part and the loving part of almost that inner calm and that inner peace and knowing that you can kind of repeat that cycle, rinse and repeat every time now that these big emotions do come. And I do, my first instinct is like, how can I not feel this? I think the recognition of I've worked that I've worked this before I've worked through, I've worked through like very hard moments in myself. I've worked through a lot of pain and I've, I've sat in there and I've come out the other side. I think that just the awareness of this one thing is, doesn't have to engulf me. It doesn't have to eat me. It doesn't have to become me and I can just move through it. So I'm hearing a lot of things here and I just want to summarize to simplify for someone who's hearing this for the first time, because these are huge steps if you've never taken them before and I remember for me in my own healing journeys, what it was like in my own self-love journey, I should say, especially that I, I had no idea where to begin and, and hearing it for the first time took me a while to really digest it and then learning how to put it into practice. So I'm hearing awareness, number one, allowing your process to be, allowing it to exist and to accept it and finding room to engage in this process over, over the addiction, I should say, and leaning more into practicing some form of self-love towards yourself and turning that, loving yourself through the, the, the hardship, the, the hard thoughts, the feelings, the stuff that comes up, the emotions, the process itself. Yeah. And then through this cycle of awareness and self-love and loving yourself through it, you or any of us, I should say, and myself included, eventually you gain more confidence that you've done this before and it it felt a little bit better. Mm -hmm. Or you've done it a second time and 
worked out something new or discovered something new. And, mm-hmm. and it really is, I think you're right. It is a, a rinse and repeat. It's, it's a thing that we, this is now the tool that mm-hmm. we can apply again and again and again. So thank you for that. Yeah. And to, to your point, I absolutely, the, 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 what, what you said about finding a way to do self-care and self-love that, that is, I, that is such a huge thing that each one of us, especially I, I remember when first starting to get into the idea of, I don't want to do this behavior anymore of a lot of feedback of we'll practice self-love and self-care and the the thought of, I have, I don't know how to do that. That is very alien to me. It's very foreign to me. I don't get it. I want to do it, but I have no idea how to go down that road. And I think that that can lead us to hopelessness. The fact that we, we can't, it's, it's almost like something is inherently broken in us that we just are made up that we can't do that. And I, I think that's the danger of addiction and, compulsive behaviors or, or behavior or addictive behaviors is the feeling that, that this is just who we are inherently, this kind of this brokenness. Mm -hmm. And the fact that we're in so much pain that we just want to not be in pain. We don't want to feel it anymore. We understand cognitively, okay, I like self-care, self-love, just keep going. But I think that's why cross addiction comes in is because we try, we try to say, okay, I won't do this, this behavior, this drug, I'm, I'm going to fine, I won't do that. But we really don't know how to, uh, how to deal with ourselves. So we naturally, the, the human, you know, we as humans will naturally go to, well, what about this? And we're trying to fill that gap. And that is something that is very normal. It's it's a very very normal thing in recovery. Just just as relapses, I'm not advocating for you know relapse all the time and cross addiction is fine. But <laughs> it's it is. I feel like it's very very important as we're moving through this to continue and to find self love is to give is to give ourselves permission to let the process take probably much longer than we want it to. And to continue to have that hope that it does get better, it can get better, and that at the end of the day, the life that we're leading is is not really uh, it's it's just not it's not life. It's it, it's it's not life. And and each of us, you know, this just my belief that we really are here on in this time in this dimension to contribute to, to something. And we have certain gifts and we have certain intelligences and we have experiences that are beneficial to, to other humans out there. And I, I think that the trap of addiction is taking a lot of people who have so much to give and who have such beautiful contributions to make to the world and keeping them away from doing those things with the belief of I'm not good enough. I'm not special. And I'm in too much pain to kind of move through this. I think that's also why right now it's a hard time for me. And I, I can't imagine, you know, other people in isolation who are also going through all of these 
all of these emotions and this and this huge thing that we experienced as the human race for the past however many months and moving into however many months left. And so, and we all are in this kind of isolated place where we have to deal with ourselves and we are stuck, whether this be good or bad, with our own brains. Thank you for pointing out your last point, really, that we are here for bigger reasons. And, and when we consume ourselves with the distracting parts that can take over, we don't get to contribute and be our fullest selves in, in ways that, I mean, really what it boils down to is like if we, when we aren't engaging in a loving process with ourselves that's productive, then it's very hard to contribute that outwardly as well. And I think you're right. We all have big capacity for that. And I, it's a great transition because I want to talk about your music a little bit because that is a big part of your contribution, I think, to what we get from you as, a, as an artist. And you have a new single out called Firing Squad. Can you just tell us a little bit about what the inspiration was for that, what the song is about, where people can find it? And bonus, people are going to get to hear it at the end of this episode as well. <laughs> sure. And thank you. Thank you for this. So Firing Squad was a song that was a rarity in the fact that it was it is just a moment in time. And the the lyrics are very much painting the reality of a woman or person, I should say. I'm going to say person, of a person going to um going to kind of face their their death and accepting it and ac- and accepting that the reality and i think it's it, it, what was happening while i was writing it in terms of what was happening in the country it seemed like there was this very much of a pull of how much are you willing to give to solidify yourself in what you believe in and stand up for other people as well as stand up for your own beliefs. I think it's also the acceptance that you may not get to see the result that you you want to see. And that's something also as humans that we, I think that we also have to accept within ourselves is the changes that we make and, and the things that we give in our lives. We may not see that to fruition. We may not see the fruits of our labor. We may not see the amalgamation of everything we've worked for in a moment. But I think that the driving force of continuing to still do that, even though there really is no set reward, Mm. is something I think inherently in every person, like we have that thing that that we're so passionate about and we believe so deeply into our core that it, it is just a part of us. And it is a part of it's a part of what we want to leave. It's a part of how we live our lives. And so I thought that coming to a moment of overwhelming acceptance and taking this idea of putting yourself in that situation of, of, of looking that in the face and openly accepting that. It sounds like it's allowing space for the process for being, letting the process be enough and where the result is what it will be but what you are creating is worth creating as it is. I love that. You can have it. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Uh, Well said. I love it. Well, thank you for, for making this song, for creating it. Thank you so much for just allowing me to, to talk. Of course.
course. I love I love talking to you. <laughs> I also love talking to you. Woohoo! <laughs> oh, so fuck it, man. That's cool. Well, thank you, Kyle. Thank you for sh- letting me share this song on this episode. And I, I I really encourage everyone to just stick around for the end because it's really a beautiful piece and a powerful piece. It has really cool energy to it that I love. And um, just thanks for being here and thanks for being you. Yeah. Thank you, Barcy. I really appreciate this. Thank you. Absolutely. Yeah.